0: The reading this morning is taken from the Gospel according to John, chapter 14, verse 1 to 6. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and speaking to us here today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the place where I am going. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, We don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father (coughs) except through me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Andy, and thank you, everybody, very much for... For that prayer. I think the round of applause is really deserved for those of you who've been here the whole 22 years, having I mean to listen to the same illustrations again and again. I know for some they're like old friends, but for some, some friends stay a bit long, don't they? <laughs> anyway, we are looking at this great text written in the bricks over my head, this foundational text for us as a church where Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Let's pray. How we praise you, Lord Jesus, that you are the way to the Father. How we praise you that you are the truth, utterly trustworthy. How we praise you for the life that you are and you give. And we pray as we think about these words, your claims, over these next few weeks. And indeed, uh, after that, send your spirit that what is written in the bricks over my head may be written in us, that we would be living stones of the spiritual temple that you are building to be filled with your spirit to your praise and glory. So speak now and give us grace to follow where you lead and we ask it in your great name. Amen. Well, it has been a profound week, hasn't it? As Graham was praying, I thought, goodness me. There was a new Prime Minister, we've all kind of almost forgotten that over uh, with the death of the Queen. Extraordinary events this week. Queen Elizabeth II was, as everybody is acknowledging, one of the Lord's great servants. Uh, Mark Green um, wrote this book for her 90th birthday. We've got a photo of the servant queen and the king she serves. Mark uh, led the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity. His great passion for living out your faith in the world of work. And I read his tribute yesterday. He said this. In 2015, so just seven years ago, he was wanting to r- write something about living out your faith publicly. And he asked the Lord, please show me someone in the public eye who is an outstanding example of whole life discipleship to Jesus. Someone whose faith shapes all they do and say and he said God's answer was swift. One word, Elizabeth. And he had more thought about it, the more compelled he was to write. That book about her is the only book about her that she has ever written a forward to, which is really interesting. It shows kind of her giving her (coughs) approval to that book. And in the forward, she quotes uh, the poem, I haven't written it down here, but Minnie Louise Haskins that her father had quoted at the start of the war the one that said, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he said, put your hand in the hand of God, that will be better for you than a light and surer than a known way. Or I may have misquoted it, but it's, it's pretty that was pretty close. And that's what she quoted at the start of this book about putting your hand into the hand of God and walking with him. Now today I'm preaching about Jesus saying I am the way and there are two senses in which he is the way and we'll think about both of them. One is the fact that he is the way into relationship with the Father. We come to relationship with God the Father through Jesus. But the second is that he models the way in which we live out our relationship with God. And it's particularly that second way that the Queen is such a wonderful example of, someone who lived the way of Jesus in servant-hearted devotion. Uh, now just before we get to those two points to the sermon, um, we are at a new stage as a church. We're coming up to our 150th anniversary. uh, In May, it will be 150 years since the foundation stone was laid. In May, the following year, ascension day was the first service of this church and we'll mark that in all sorts of ways i hope with celebration i hope with mission and inviting people to share with us Uh, if you've never read this plaque here on the front left-hand pillar come up afterwards and have a look at it but it talks about thomas bromley who was the vicar of saint mary's down the hill concerned for the people who lived in this part of his parish um, as the housing was growing up the hill and it was too far for the elderly or the children to get to church, he, with some other folks, some generous people, uh, enabled this place to be built to the glory of the Saviour for the benefit of the people who live around here, for the blessing of his church. And it says in tribute to him that he died resting on the Lord Jesus Christ, who it was his delight to proclaim as the way, the truth the life and uh, as a pcc we talked in july as a standing committee leadership team we felt it's time to refresh our vision to sharpen it for this next season post covid with a wider responsibility initially the church was here for the parish we've had a sense for the wider town for the last 15 20 years at least if not going back far further than that we now have this uh, Responsibility given by the diocese to be a mission hub to enable other churches to flourish, to give away people and resources, and help others to thrive. We have a wider responsibility, and we decided as a PCC to reshape our purpose and vision and values around this text, which is we were challenged uh, by someone mentoring us as a team. Is there something about St Paul's that is very specific that you could anchor this in? And we thought about this text here, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So over this term, we're gonna sharpen a form of words. We'll be praying on, we had prayer meetings throughout August and there was just a sense that yes, this is right and good. Um, There's a prayer meeting on Tuesday evening as we pray for the term, as we pray for the nation, but we'll also be praying for the sharpening of the vision. The PTC have a morning on Saturday. Uh, We'll work this through. And in November, as has become our tradition, Uh, we'll have a vision Sunday where I'll articulate all this as well as I possibly can and two weeks later a commitment Sunday where we sort of commit ourselves afresh to serving the Lord Jesus and to proclaiming him the way the truth and the life Uh, so let's come to this passage John 14 it is the night before Jesus died and Jesus says in verse one do not let your hearts be troubled he's preparing for his death that comes out with such a fresh force as we are mourning the death of Queen Elizabeth and preparing for her funeral. Uh, They can't take it all in. And Thomas asks the question, Lord, we don't know what you're going on about. We don't know the place, we don't know the way, we don't know where you're going. And Jesus says these great words, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the first sense in which Jesus is the way is that he is the way into relationship with God as Father. There are many, many, many roads to Jesus, and all of us have a different story to tell of how we came to faith in Jesus, but he is the one way into relationship with God as our Father. And that unique claim has been a scandal for the last 2,000 years. Uh, In Acts, in the early sermons, Peter said this in one of his early sermons when he was in deep trouble In fact, he said this before the authorities about Jesus. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. But rather than that being a scandal, it's an absolute miracle that there is any way that we can be forgiven and saved. Uh, If our society thinks about religion at all these days, and I think it thinks about it a bit less, it tends to think of different religions as being different roads up the same mountain they're all kind of the same sort of thing it's all faith it doesn't really matter which one you pick nothing could be further from the truth every religion has significant differences we believe in one god a god who is trinity an eternal relationship of love islam believes in one god but the god is neither loving nor holy just there and decides very different picture some religions have multiple gods buddhism has no god They cannot possibly all be the same. Every other religion, though, has a sense of how you get right with God or God's reality, and every other religion, it is a form of earning it. If you do this, you get there. Jesus says, however hard you try, God is holy and we are sinful and we cannot be good enough. We're not, I know I'm not. uh, You've known me for 22 years, you know I'm not. I know, I know you, I love you very much, but I know that none of you is perfect. None of us gets right with God by being good enough. But the glory of the Christian faith is that Jesus provides a way of salvation for us to be forgiven, for us to be put right with God so we come into relationship with God, not because we deserve it, but by grace. It is so wonderful. Nobody is so good that they don't need to be forgiven. Nobody is so bad that they can't be forgiven if they come to Jesus. God is holy and you can't just walk into his presence unforgiven any more than you can look at the sun on a bright day. It would blind you. God would burn us up. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus is the way to the Father, the only way to the Father, because he is the only one that has dealt with our sin. And so at the start of the passage that Liz read for us, John 14, 1 and 2, Jesus said this. we got verse 1 and 2 there. No, not that one. A um, bit before that. John, we got John 14, 1 and 2. There we go. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Jesus is not only bringing us into relationship with God now, but for all eternity, he's getting them to look the other side of death, that glorious eternity that Queen Elizabeth has now entered into, um, seeing her king face to face. And Jesus doesn't say, I'm going to get the place ready in the sense that you might, if you've got friends coming back, I'm going back to tidy up a bit so it looks all right for you. He's going to prepare a way so you can get there. There's this enormous chasm between where we were and God that we could not cross, and by his death on the cross, by winning forgiveness, Jesus makes a way that we can follow. Uh, Andy was talking about the Alpha Course. If you are not yet a Christian or not sure, or you're a bit wobbly about your Christian foundations, do please uh, come and do the Alpha Course with us. If you live elsewhere, sign up somewhere near you. If you can't make Wednesday nights, let us know because we may well be able to do something in a home another night or online. It's just a great way to explore what Jesus said. On the Alpha Course, we tell this story of what Jesus did. It's a story that comes from the Second World War where there were so many stories of heroic sacrifice and many of you will know this story well. And for some of us, this has been a significant story in our own understanding what Jesus did. It comes from Auschwitz, that terrible concentration camp, where if anybody tried to escape, ten people were killed as punishment to deter. And one day the sirens sounded, I think it was in June, um, and a hot day, and someone had tried to escape, they'd been shot trying to escape, and everybody in the camp had to come and stand there all day in the hot sun. And the commandant at the end of the day came and picked ten people at random, to be killed in punishment. Just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. When he got to nine, the man who he pointed at fell to his knees and said, please have mercy. I have a wife, I have children, don't kill me. And at that point, a Polish priest called Francis Gajalnyczek, who was standing in line, stepped forward to the commandant and said, I'm not married. I don't have children. Take me instead. And the eyewitnesses say that the commandant took a step back. He was shocked, but he accepted Francis, accepted uh, Max Kolbe, sorry, was the the man who, the Polish priest who stepped forward, and number nine was a man called Francis Kajownicek. Francis Kajownicek was allowed to live. Max Kolbe was picked as number nine, number ten was picked, and they were led to an underground bunker to die of starvation. Um, Jaune- uh, Max Kolbe, the Polish priest, led them in singing hymns, in prayer. He was the last to die, and the eyewitnesses talk of a profound change throughout the camp. Some 40 years later, Father Max Kolbe, the Polish priest who stepped forward and offered his life, was honoured by the Pope in Rome in front of a huge crowd. And in the crowd was Francis Janicek, and his wife and his children and his grandchildren. And Francis, uh, the Pope said that Max Kolbe had made a sacrifice made like that made by our Lord Jesus Christ who died in our place. And Francis Kudranichek could say to his grandchildren, I'm alive because that man died in my place. Now, in a much greater way, we can say, We are alive spiritually. We are in relationship with God the Father because Jesus died in my place and your place. Because of that, he is the way into relationship with the Father. In him there is forgiveness. uh, And he is the way. Uh, It's putting our trust in him. Now, if all this is news to you and you're trying to get your head around it, do come on the Alpha Course. Do ask questions. It's the most wonderful truth Jesus is the way into relationship with the Father. We come to him by repentance, by saying I'm sorry for my sin, by trust. I choose to trust you as the Queen did, as I've done, as most of us here have. That's the first sense in which Jesus is the way. He is the way into relationship with God, the only way. But there's a second sense, and this is the sense, not of this particular few verses, but of the Gospels as a whole, or of the New Testament as a whole, that Jesus is the way we live out our relationship with the Father. Jesus came as a man to show us how to live with God as our Father in this world. So much so that before uh, Christianity was called Christianity, it was called the way. Let me give you a couple of examples from Acts, Acts 9, 1 and 10. Saul, who became St. Paul, was trying to kill off the church. He was breathing murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So if you found any of those who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he would take them as prisoners. Or a couple of other examples from Acts 19, Acts uh, 19. Paul who's now converted and preaching for Jesus entered the synagogue, spoke boldly there for three months arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God but some of them became obstinate, they refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. Or I think we've got one more reference. Have we got um, one more, verse 23. About that time there was a great disturbance about the way. That was, that was what Christianity was called, the way. Jesus is the way we live things out. We try and follow his way. And all the way through the Psalms, it talks about walking in God's ways. Now the trouble with Christianity in the West is that we have tried to do Jesus' truth, but we've tried to do it in the Western way, rather than in Jesus' way. We are too concerned about success and goals, and Jesus' way is much simpler more profound and i think in this post christendom era we're beginning to rediscover the power of jesus's way we need to do his truth in his way he says take my yoke upon you learn from me and you'll find rest for your souls that way but we tend to do his truth in the western way and um, i'm as guilty of that as anybody else (laughs) and And there are some of the ways we do church here at St Paul's that are probably far more to do with Western civilization than they are to do with Jesus's way. We want to be better at living out Jesus's truth, his way, and then I think we'll experience more of his life. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons we haven't been as great as a church in the West at communicating the good news of Jesus. Because actually our lives look so similar to those of the people around us in so many ways it doesn't look that different now part of that is to do with christendom when uh, this country and other countries became more christian obviously more people lived by christian values so christians were slightly less distinctive as our world loses its grip on jesus and becomes more godless we will stand out the more And people will watch us to see if our lives match up with our lips, if we live out what we say we believe. Now, this has always been an issue. In the last century, Gandhi said this, I like their Christ, I don't like their Christians. (laughs) The Christians he experienced did not live out the way of Jesus in Jesus' way. Nietzsche, Nietzsche, the great atheist, said, I will believe in their Redeemer when Christians look more redeemed something. <laughs> and I think for us living out the way, of, if we live out the way of Jesus, people will notice. And they've noticed with our Queen. Uh, let's pray that among all the tributes, the source of that, her Christian faith, shines through over this next week before her funeral. It's a real window for people to think about what's below the surface. Uh, But Jesus told us to follow his way. And he said a number of very uncomfortable things. Let me just highlight a few uncomfortable things he said about the way of Jesus. Enter through the narrow gate. This is Matthew 7, 13 to 14. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it jesus's way is a narrow road in the sermon on the mount matthew 6 verse 24 he said you cannot serve two masters you cannot serve god and money most of us are terribly compromised in this uh, It's really difficult to live it out we have to handle money but we have to choose who we're going to serve matthew 5 44 jesus said i tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you In Luke 9, 23, he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. In John uh, John 13, just uh, a few minutes before he said these words we're focusing on, he said to his disciples, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now these are demanding things. To love each other deeply is costly. To take up our cross and die to ourself and put others first, as the Queen has shown, is costly. To pray for our enemies, to love them, is costly. To choose to put God before material comfort is costly. To walk the narrow way. But that is the way of Jesus. And we need to do his truth his way, not the Western way. Which is very different and Jesus said if we do that if we live his way then that's when the joy and the peace come so in the next chapter John 15 he said this 10 and 11 if you keep my commands you'll remain in my love as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love I've told you this so my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete and this is the wonderful paradox that in choosing to serve Jesus There is a joy that comes that we do not experience when we focus on looking after ourselves. There's a peace he promises inwardly. John 16, he says, I've told you these things, so in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. So if you're saying, why on earth are we finding life so difficult? There it is, in this world you will have trouble. But Jesus said, take heart, I've overcome the world, and you can know his peace inwardly if you choose to live his way. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, he invited us to take his yoke on him and know his easy rest. Uh, come to me, all you who are weary and <coughs> burdened, those are, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Too often we try and find rest for ourselves in comfort and we're inner, not at peace. Je- the way of Jesus outwardly is often not very comfortable. but in- Can we just put the verse back up? But inwardly there is a rest. My yoke is easy, he said, my burden is light. His yoke is his way. The way of Jesus, uh, we, we wear his yoke to follow his way. Uh, praise the Lord that the Queen followed his way. Uh, praise the Lord that we can see the joy and peace in her, and we have done over her lifetime. I've just jotted down one of her Christmas talks um, from 2014. She wrote this. For me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is an inspiration, and anchor in my life, a role model of reconciliation and forgiveness. He stretched out his hands in love, acceptance and healing. Christ's example has taught me to seek, and respect, to seek to respect and value all people of whatever faith or none. And this is the glorious thing. Our world thinks that if we follow Jesus, it makes us narrow-minded. Quite the opposite. It enables us to love everybody. When we let go of his truth and his way, very different things happen. Now, this is not an easy thing to do. And I think as the way the world is going, the Western world, it's going to be increasingly difficult as the values, uh, we have Christian values in many ways, but (coughs) our nation has been letting go of of God, the source of them. Uh, I am reading at the moment a book by John Tyson who spoke at New Wine, absolutely brilliant. um, Book called Beautiful Resistance. This is a book about resisting the godlessness in a way that is the way of Jesus. And at the beginning, he tells a story. He tells the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German pastor around the time of the rise of Nazi Germany in the 1930s. And as Hitler began to take power, was known as the Führer, it became clear that he wanted to be the Führer in the same sort of way as Caesar wanted to be Caesar. At the time of Jesus, you had to say Caesar is Lord. Hitler wanted that, to be the Führer. And Bonhoeffer saw that the church was being taken over by the Nazis. And people were, in a sense, almost bowing their knee to Hitler as their Führer. And a group of them realised they needed to do church properly, in a stronger way, to resist Nazism. And so he founded a seminary in a quiet place in the woods called Finkelwald. Well, it wasn't big. 20 or 30 pastors sharing a rule of life determined to put the way of Jesus into practice. And some of his sermons started getting out and people wondered if he was being a bit extreme. And someone came to visit Finkelwald and said to him, uh, isn't this a bit intense? And Bonhoeffer said to this man, come with me. And they went on a walk. They got in a boat and rowed down the river. They climbed up a hill overlooking a Nazi airbase with soldiers like ants, Building and walking around, and strength and power and purpose. And what Bonhoeffer said to his friend is this, what we're building at Finkelwald, has to be stronger than that, the power of Nazism. And in the long run, of course, it was, though in the short run, of course, it wasn't. Now, what we have to do is help each other to follow the way of Jesus such that this, the way of Jesus, is stronger than the pull of the world on us. This that we do here must be stronger than that. One, Our children are being, as it were, indoctrinated in the way of the world five days a week. Now there are much that's good about uh, schools, but there's lots that is not the way of Jesus. One hour a week on a Sunday morning is never going to be stronger than that. As parents, you parents who have children, what you do in your homes that we can help with at church and if they're fortunate enough to go to schools which teach the way of Jesus as well, um, it has to be stronger than that. One hour a week is not enough for any of us, which is why the way of Jesus includes daily time of prayer on our own, meditation on the scriptures, meeting up with others to talk and pray and share life together serving giving forgiving there's so much more the way of jesus takes a life to learn but this way he is the way we've got to learn to do better such that it is stronger than the power of the values of the world pulling in the other direction Uh, And that's why I'm really delighted that we are going to reshape our vision around this and then we'll work through how that works into the life of our church such that we can do the way of Jesus. We pray in a way that is attractive as Jesus was, in a way that's attractive like the Queen's life has been. But it is stronger than the pull of the world around us. Uh, We're going to pray in a moment and perhaps the band would come back ready to lead us in prayer. Uh, and in the quiet, we'll have a quiet minute in the prayer just to ask the Lord for what's the one, Lord, is there one thing that I could either stop doing or start doing that will help me follow your way more closely? If you try and do everything all at once, <laughs> you probably have a crash. <laughs> um, but we we cannot do everything the world around us does and everything Jesus teaches. We have to choose who we're gonna serve. And we have to let go of some of the things perfectly good things in the world around, in order to follow the way of Jesus, such that this is stronger than that. Would you stand? And I'll lead us in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we bow before you the way, the truth, and the life. We praise you that you left the glory of heaven and gave your life for us as we've sung and read. We praise you for the way that life of service and sacrifice has been modelled to us by the Queen. We praise you for the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, we've thought about today, who ultimately gave his life in order to serve you. We pray that you would come by your Spirit on us now. As your church, gathered here, watching at home, on our children and our young people in their groups and put within us a desire to walk your way and in the stillness we pray that you would just put one thing in our mind that we can go the next step in us learning to walk your way what is the next step speak lord your servants are listening some who are not sure about the truth of all this, perhaps it's doing the Alpha course. Choosing to give time to sort this out. For some it may be choosing to spend time in the scriptures each day for yourself. For some joining a small group or prayer triplet to share and talk. For some it will be to do with forgiving or giving or serving them. All sorts of other things that Jesus said. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd protect us from condemnation of the evil one and tell us what rubbish Christians we all are. Thank you that you love us. Give us grace to walk your way. We long to look more like you. Individually and collectively as a church, that as people encounter us, they would encounter something of you. And we pray it not just for us, but for the church in this town, in this nation, throughout the world so give us grace to walk with you and lead us what that looks like and all these things we pray in your great name amen let's sing we can only do this in his strength and that's what this song is about